everybody. Welcome to another edition of We Talk Photo. I am, as usual, one of your hosts, John Peterson, and with me, as usual, is Jack Graham. How are you doing today, Jack? John, I'm doing good, and I'm really excited to have our guest on today, so I'm not going to waste know. I know. Great. We've... we've uh... It's nice to get back together again. We've had a uh, kind of a late uh, late season snow event happening up here in the Northwest, which has been interesting and uh, just shows that our climate keeps changing and changing. I mean, we had snow here in Portland in uh, in April, and it's it's now, crazy for, for all our listeners around the globe, literally. <laughs> It's true. Um, why don't you bring everybody up on your home? Are you still homeless, John? Oh, yeah. Home- no, I'm still home housing challenged, I think, if you will. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're still uh, displaced from our home and uh, another couple months and we hope to be back. And, uh, yeah, kind of looking forward to being back home again and having an office and having our stuff. And apartment life isn't for isn't for me, let me tell you. Well, so. You're but, lucky you're not homeless. But, you know, to use one of your jokes, Jack, enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> no, it's enough about me. Let's talk, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about you. Out. What let's do you just, think let's about just me? Bring, the, bring our guest on that we're so <laughs> fortunate to have today. We are. We are. We have, uh, we have a very special guest today. Um, and uh, it's a, a, a photographer who, you know, the minute I saw her work, I was instantly captivated and drawn to it. And uh, and I think she came to us and our awareness through uh, Guy Tal, and uh, which is which says a lot that that. Well, should... not only did she come, Krista, you don't even know this yet. Ah. I called Guy and I said, Guy, we're going to do this creative thing. We're, we're trying to put together a creative forum on this podcast and we can't get everybody to be at the same place at the same time that's why it hasn't happened yet but i said could could you recommend two or three people that think like we do that you like you think would be good on our podcast and the first person he came up with was you and so uh, you should be very flattered. That's coming from quite flattered, Mister so, Tal. Mister Tal, listen to this. Hi, guy. I hope you're doing well. Exactly. All right, John. Finish the thing there before we. So off. our so our formal is though we kind of did a, a a lazy introduction of Krista, but Krista McCush. She is a uh, photographer from Nova Scotia. If I did that with John, the correct that's, that's accent, the Nova Scotia accent. That's yes. Minnesota accent. I know. I'm not very good at. It. So welcome to the show, Krista. Hey. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And I thank Guy for uh, recommending me as well. It was really kind. Recommending you first. First <laughs> okay, on the that's list. Even, that's even, the that's even kinder. The pressure is on that. Yeah, so I think oh, I, oh. I think Krista gets the award, the second place award for the furthest away from us as a podcast guest, which is well, no, We did Dimitri. We did Dimitri from uh, was he in the Ukraine? I think when we talked oh, to him. No, we did. We did the folks from uh, Luminar way back when. It, yeah. And they, Kiev. Now that I realize it's pronounced Kiev. Kiev. Oh well. Exactly. So, so, so piece of music called "Pictures at an Exhibition" by Masorsky, and part of that is the Great Gate of Kiev, but now it's the Great Gate of Kiev. Um, so. 
but uh, you'd be second furthest away, Krista. And, you know, if anybody's listening to this podcast and you're by a computer, while you're listening to this, please go to Krista's website. And it is K-R-I-S-T-A-M-C-C-U-I-S-H dot com. Because to look at her work as she talks, I think more than almost anybody else we've ever had on, John, would be really inspirational, don't you think? I would agree. I would agree. You know. So, Krista, why don't why don't you take just a few minutes so Jack and I will shut up and and, uh, and introduce yourself to our audience, if you would, please. Okay. Uh, so you've uh, given me uh, this grand introduction. Now I I better not <laughs> I better not screw it up now. Um, so <laughs> I'm uh, I was born and raised in uh, Nova Scotia, and then. Um, as, as life would have it, I, you know, I went to various universities and I worked all over North America and I eventually moved back here. But uh, photography has been something that I've been involved with since uh, high school. Uh, and I, I, uh, it was my next door neighbor that introduced me to photography. Um, she had a dark room in her basement. She was an art teacher and, you know, she showed me how you develop images and it was her way of seeing as an art teacher, um, you know, that really inspired me too and seeing what she took photographs of. So shortly after that, I bought my first um, camera. It was a Canon 81, I believe, back in the day. And uh, so I, I started by just, you know, shooting pictures of everything and I wasn't very discriminatory and, you know, anything went, just my travels and, uh, what I've noticed over time is that my photography has changed with each major, probably event in my life and like life experiences. Something has caused me to change and shift how I do things and, and what I do. Um, but something like another common element is my first profession was um, an ICU nurse. So um, I spent uh, almost nine years with the military and traveled all over the place and later on I became a geologist I went back to school to become a geologist and worked as a geologist uh, for a little while as well and then the next big shift came when of course um, getting married and having a family and that was another big shift for me and then I suppose another more more lots of changes lots of events lots of obstacles in life uh, they happen um, but you know another thread is that with nursing, with geology, with photography, with all these things, the common element has been like, um, it's been the attention to detail. Like I've carried that my whole life, how I observe, how I make decisions. It's very, it becomes very intuitive. Um, the quest for knowledge, always wanting to learn. Uh, mm -hmm. All these things have sort of followed me. Um, I'm trying to think what else it would be. Uh, that's about all I can think of right now. Unless, have, uh, so, so just to, for those folks that aren't looking at your work right now on the on the web, you know, how would you describe your work? It's not it's not grand landscape. I think that's I'll, I'll give that away. Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes I almost feel a little bit bad about that in some <laughs> no. ways, which is which is kind of strange. Um, 
I feel bad about it because when I go out into the landscape, uh, I look at the grand landscape and I just, I'm inspired by it, but I'm not inspired to make images of it at all. Like, not at all. Not even when I go to other places in the world. I just, it's not what inspires me or grabs my attention. And it's gotten to the point now where I, I don't even... I mean, I can admire them in, in certain photographers, but very few now. I much prefer the details and the smaller landscapes. And um, there has to be some sort of impact, and it it has to make me want to get inside the mind of the photographer that made the image. And, and I'm if it doesn't do that, then I just move on to images that are more detailed that keep my eyes moving around and keep me engaged with the photograph. So, yeah. So uh, I and would... I know that, you no, know, I mean, I know just, it's just what, I think it appeals to my temperament and how I am and what my sensibilities and experiences are. It's that attention to detail that I'm drawn to. Yeah. I would think you're the, the way you see the world around you with that attention to detail really kind of shows through in your work, uh, you know, to, to, to put a label on it. I think you said it, it's, it's really intimate nature, intimate landscapes is, is really what you focus on. And you, you look at the small details around you. Yeah. The green landscape's pretty, but it's the little things that inspire you creatively. Uh, that's correct. And uh, still life photography has become a huge part of my process for the last couple of years anyway. So there was another big shift a couple of years ago. And I, it's, it's, um, I'm still very much in that phase right now where I think about it, I read about it, I study it. And I think about how do I how do I make these ideas come to life in a photograph with this sort of concept that I want to, you know, work with. And uh, it's, I think I'm doing it because I find it so challenging. And, and because I guess, um, I don't really see a lot of it. So I'm not, I'm not tired or bored by it. Because uh, it's just not what I see all the time. And, um, but again, it's like just trying to get a concept across that I'm thinking about yeah, too many people, I think, don't think like like that. And I think, you know, they're out to, you know, just document instead of create. And it shows. I mean, it's that simple. Not to be negative on those people, but... And, well, my, my still life photography is nature-based. So I'm not caught up with... Um commonplace objects necessarily or material objects but it's more about um, studying like forms and how I bring um, textures and patterns and all these things into a into the work to get across the idea or concept that I'm thinking about so where do you where do you get those um, those concepts you know do they just pop into your head or um I would say by studying the history of art and and photography, um, studying certain painters. Um, just lately, I've been studying the work of um, a Mexican painter, um, Frida, Frida Kahlo. Mm -hmm. um, 
We have an exhibition of hers uh, uh, in Portland here. I find that, well, and when I study the work, I also study the biographies and and I want to know everything about the, the artwork and the person and, you know, what she might have been thinking about. And, well, her work, it's obviously very, it's obvious, but um, also Georgia O'Keeffe. I mean, I love her work. I love her attention to detail and it's so evocative. And by studying artwork, you know, I, I think about how can you bring that into photography? And I also, you know, when I'm reading a book or something, I'll think of an idea and I, Sometimes I have to write it down really quickly or else the thought's gone. Like, um, it, it'll be like a, I'll be connecting some sort of idea and then I'll, it'll just, you know, the light bulb will go off and I'll think, oh, you know, all I have to do is just, if I were to combine those two textures and, you know, something would, it would just, um, it would make, it would make sense somehow how the concept would come together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it's very striking your uh, the the still life images you're doing from from how you capture them to how you process them. It's uh, it's I, I agree with you. I don't see too many of those types of shots around, and they're uh, they're captivating and arresting. <laughs> well, yeah. sometimes I get comments like, uh, "When are you gonna <laughs> when are you gonna photograph ice again?" <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. So I mean, I I know that still life photography is not for everyone because. Well, there are no heroics involved in it. You know, there's no theatrical performance of the landscape or any of those things. So it's more quiet and it's thoughtful and and relaxing and peaceful and, and all those things. So it is contemplative. So you um, do you do work in the studio for your still lives as well as work outside for your more natural shots. Yes. Yes, or I create my own worlds in the studio, and I will photograph them. Yeah. So, which, uh, <laughs> that interests me, too. And I, I don't mean when I say I create uh, my own world, I don't mean that I'm interested in creating an image that looks like it's from another planet with, you know, different elements, but it's just... I'm bringing to life something from my imagination that, I mean, I could give you an example of um, one that I created back in November. And it was um, a lot of ferns and branches and grasses, and I, I was arranging them. And it occurred to me that I wanted I wanted the image to be about something unfolding, but I also wanted there to be uh, a hidden danger in the photo. And no one would know this unless they knew what the hidden danger was. You would have to know botany and uh, the hidden danger in the photograph is poison ivy and it's kind of melded into the, hmm. the background, but you wouldn't know unless, you know, you, so that, that's just one idea of um, making an image. That one is of the awesome. things I noticed, John, is that, and, and I'm looking at your, your first portfolio page, Chris, as we talk, is that, um, you use shapes far more than any kind of color. And I have a feeling that, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, I'm not trying to think for you, but I think you don't get into the, uh, you know, if anything, your images are under, 
is it undercolored? Is that you know your saturation is not very high? Letting people, allowing people to really concentrate on the form, and not be distracted. Yes. Yes, and that's true. Uh, I I prefer the more subtle, uh, quieter sort of approach. Um, I th I think um, by studying uh, visual design too, that's really helped me. You know, bringing in a sort of balance and tension. You know, you have to look at all those compositional elements, and yeah, I mean, I find it it's really challenging. So. But I don't want color to be the dominating, um, the dominating factor in the, uh, the element in the photo. Um, but that's just my personal preference. I mean, challenging that could, that, that, that could change. Yeah, that could change tomorrow. It's 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 very, you know, it's I I've seen on my workshops people attempt to do this kind of stuff, and it's it's it's. I don't. I don't know that you can a do it with a lot of people around. I, I think it's a, It's kind of a self, you know, kind of a private thing. And it's hard. I mean, you have to think. You can't just walk up and. Well, and you have to slow down. I mean, that's the thing why you. It's hard to do in workshops or in groups is you can't typically slow down as much as you need to, to to really notice these small subtle details and textures and shapes and patterns um, unless you're really in tune with your surroundings so true yeah and that's it, where oh, that's where knowledge sorry that's where knowledge comes into and uh, knowing the landscape really well having a, a strong um, knowledge of the his, um, natural history natural processes uh, everything everything to do with natural history and you know, a lot of people go into the landscape and, you know, they're able to make really, you know, fantastic photographs. But um, you ask them about the group of trees they're photographing and they don't know the difference um, between the trees or what the plants are or what their use is or any of those things. And I think I think the more you know, I think it can't be a bad thing, you know. No, like, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, it, I think so. it just speaks to being in touch with your surroundings at, at various levels, both, you know, cerebrally with the knowledge that you have of, of your surroundings, but then emotionally as you're out there and uh, slowing down and connecting with those, with, with the landscape. It's interesting that you should mention slowing down. I, I think I couldn't be slower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I'm not a prolific photographer. Um, I'm thinking about the image that I'm working on right now. I'm still not happy with it. And I've been working on it for two weeks. Wow. So, um, <laughs> you know, so, and it's just, I mean, I know what I want to say, but there's just something that is not working. And But I'm not ready to give up on it yet. So, well, let's talk about that for a minute. So you, you went out and made a photograph somewhere of something we won't we won't say what it is just in case it turns out to be the highest selling photograph of in the history of the world so you made this photograph and you took it home and you put it into your um processing software whatever you're using correct okay correct and so what what 
you know, I, I think I have an idea, but I, I, I'd like you to tell everybody what you've been, what have you been doing for two weeks? What, what is it that you change and what is, you know, does it, does your mood make, you know, if you wake up in a good mood, does that change the way you think it's going to look? Or, you know, if you get a, a big bill in the mail and you're all saying, how, how am I going to deal with this? You know, does that affect how things work? I think it does, doesn't it? Oh, oh, definitely. And uh, I think we can all we can all admit to having uh, personal struggles for sure and obstacles that show up in our path that we need to deal with. So yep. that that certain that certainly is an element. Um, but it's also um, it just it just doesn't come together for some reason sometimes, and so I it means that I either need to change my approach. I need to change how I'm thinking about it, or I need to study it more, learn more about it. Um, but but is it this could be the weather? Is this Krista though? Is I mean, is this about post processing that you're struggling with to get this just right, or is it composition, or you know what what is it that you're struggling with on this? Just trying to understand the the thought process. Uh, it's it's the feeling, the feeling uh, that I the feeling the emotion that I wanted to, it's how I wanted to express it. It's not, it is not, um, happening. So, yeah. so that's where I need to change what I'm doing. And so I just kind of think about all the things that could potentially work. I mean, I, I've abandoned several projects that way and I might come back to them two years later or a month later or a week later. It just depends. So, Wow. You know, that, that, that very cliched phrase of, uh, you know, taking a photograph versus uh, making a photograph. And I think you're, uh, you're strongly in that, that, that creating a, a photograph, uh, camp for sure. You don't just take images, you, you create them, um, all the way through the process. But what, John, to take that a step further, if you, yeah. you know, when I look at Krista's work, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they could be photographs, but they could also be sketches. They could be paintings. So I, I think I think what what we're all trying to do is say something using a photograph. You know, we're, yeah, we're it's not, a form of visual communication. Yeah. yeah. You know, some people say it by playing a musical instrument. Some people write, but the bottom line is they're using that art form to communicate, you know, to, to say, here's, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm trying to, trying to say to the world. And they may, the world may get it and the world may not get it. And 10 people might see 10 different things, but ultimately not to sound like an elitist, that it's just what's important to us. Kristen, my it's um that's an interesting comment that you made because i made an image uh, a couple of years ago and uh, i used a light table in my studio and i was just photographing some grasses and i was arranging them and um a lot when i did what i was thinking in my head at the time i made the image and it was coming together uh there was a lot of um rioting in the um u.s and all across canada at that time so 
um, I think it had to do with the um, Black Lives Matter uh, right. movement. And, and so there was just a lot of unrest and angry. People were angry and upset and there was a lot of chaos going on. And anyway, that I was thinking about that when I was arranging these grasses and how I interpreted the image was, to me, it looked like rioting. And um, everyone that looked at that image, <laughs> everyone else saw dancing grasses. And to yeah, me, like they were angry and they were rioting and they were being violent. Yeah. <laughs> These violent grasses. <laughs> anyway, um, so that that's just an interesting point to make that you never know how people are gonna, going to interpret your image versus, you know, how you felt when you made it. That's what's important. Yeah, you know there there was a phrase that that caught my eye on your website. I was reading your uh, your about page, a boot page, and uh, about a boot, a, a boot, uh, and it, it, just to paraphrase, it says, "I've developed visual literacy and brought creative intent to my compositions in the way I work." And that phrase of visual literacy, I think, ties into what we were talking about around uh, around uh, visual communication and. Can you can you articulate what what visual literacy is for you? Um, it is knowing. Um, obviously, it's being able to make strong compositions using visual elements, and tying in all those things uh, into intent. And I, I think the only way to really understand that is, I think you really do have to study the history of photography, and you have to study painters. If you're going to be a nature photographer, you need to know about nature. Like, I think all of those things, um, you need to know what makes a, a photograph a strong one, and and what makes it works. What makes it work? Mm -hmm. So you really need to understand those things. I think, and hopefully, if if it works, it, it works. And yeah, you know, I, I agreed. And I'll add to that, Krista. I think that to be literate. Um, and to be speaking literal, literal, literally, I guess, um, you know, you need to know what you want to say and be clear with yourself what you want to articulate before you can articulate that in your in your visual medium. Uh, that's right. And and, you know, some, you know, we also bring music uh, yeah. references to music uh, into photography. You know, and then that's uh, that's big too. So it is. Um, that's that's when it. Yeah, jacks. there. Are... <laughs> that's yeah. that that that's uh, that's another kind of podcast we need to do, John. Is get all these ex musician friends of ours on. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, a... there's a high correlation between the two for sure. Krista, you don't probably know this, but I in a prior life. That's what I did for a living. I actually have a degree in music from Indiana University. And, wow. you know, you can get in line with the really, you know, the, the people who are, have spent a lot of years of photography that came from the music business. And it's... it's it, was, um, it, it was something that I... It was one of my choices um, in high school as well. It was, you know when you're making that decision in high school, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, music was on my list as well. So. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you uh, went into doing what you're doing. I, I tell you, you know, it, both, both 
you know, it's nothing's easy. I don't care what you do, whether you, I, I, and frankly, I, I, I tell, you know, our workshop people, I said, you know, and so with today's technology, you know, taking a technically good photograph, forget the artistic, just taking a technically good photograph. It, it's not hard. It's pretty, it's pretty damn easy. The yep. gear is so damn good. I said, if you want to learn how to do something hard, learn how to play the piano. <laughs> You know, um, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll change that, John. I'll say if you want to learn how to do something hard, try, try to attempt to do what Krista does. I, oh. I, 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 I you know, and she's blushing, but mm. I, I, it, it's, it's it's yeah. I'm I'm glad that that won't show up on audio. <laughs> <laughs> it will. It will. I guarantee. You. Uh, it's, no, you know, it's just the creative thing it's just it's it's it, it is and and kind of you know we don't we were talking before the show a little bit and uh you know and it's we don't talk about gear on this program um you know our cameras are just our tools is is kind of jack and in my philosophy we don't really spend a lot of time but we just out of curiosity we asked krista about what she shoots and and uh and I just kind of wanted to touch on that, see if we can recreate that conversation a little bit, Krista. Um, I don't even know how to introduce it other than, other than, you know, you just, you have a camera, right? And your camera is not what camera you have and what is not critically important to your work. Uh, no, it, it isn't. Um, I, I mean, I have, I think I did mention I have upgraded my camera, but, I mean, for me, it was more about, gee, you know, can I lessen the weight a little bit? Uh, <laughs> you know, because I, I, when I hike and go further, I just, um, yeah, I, I don't want to be um, bogged down by gear. But I don't really focus much on gear. I mean, when I when I'm out or even in my studio, I'm I'm just using one lens or I carry two lenses. You know, it's it's just not important. It's it's more about what I want to say, and and, and the lesson uh, the here. That I want. Yeah, yeah, very true. And I think I think the lesson for for everybody is, it's not the gear that you have; it's how you use what you have. You don't need the latest gear to create amazing, stunning photographs. No, um, and and you don't need fancy uh, computer technique either. So. No. No, you really I, don't. I, I, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> so, There's I mean, I, it's pretty. Cool that they, they think that they, John, how many times do we hear, I could fix that in post-processing, <laughs> right? I know. I that in post, and it's just, it's not, not a good attitude if you want to be creative, no. not at all. No, I mean, being, being a, you know, if you want to be a digital artist, that's one thing, but, but if you're a photographer, um, you know, that's, that's a whole different genre. I think we're all very spoiled. uh, That made me think of something too. Um, It made me think about labeling and I, I, yeah, I, I struggle with that one. I struggle with what to call my work, you know, or what to call myself. I, I wouldn't call myself necessarily a photographer or a digital artist or a still life photographer or a, an intimate landscape photographer. Like it, it's, it's just interesting that we we put labels on, even what it is art. 
So, well, well, I yeah. think that's you know, part of um, the human condition that it helps us organize the world around us by putting labels on things. It, it's a sad thing, I think, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, you know, you're an, you're a vis- you're an artist who communicates through a visual medium. Well, Guy, again, to quote Guy, you know, he, he says all the time, I'm an artist that, you know, uses a camera, I'm not really a photographer. And he is, you know. Yeah. Uh, not many people, not everybody, are, not, not everybody are, not everybody is. <laughs> they're camera owners, they're not artists. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you don't want to, you don't want to say someone's not an artist, artist if they think they are, so... <laughs> True. Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's sometimes sometimes people can take that in the wrong way, you know. Uh, but I would say so. Mm-hmm. But you know, I have to tell you honestly, I, I see very few, actually very few artists. I see a lot of people who own cameras, and uh, I don't see very many artists you know how, how many how many how many guy towels are there you know how many michael gordons are there how, how many you know i mean you, you could point them out and you know one of the things um you you said so correctly krista is that i think you have to understand the history of of the medium um how many times john do we ask people if they know who Elliot Porter was mm-hmm. and that nobody has a clue, uh, not a clue, let alone, you know, people that we should know that are still leaving a household name that people don't know. You have to know that, you know, um, you know, I played a trumpet. I, I still listen to Armstrong recordings and they don't sound as good as, you know, the current player with because of the technology, but musically, man, <laughs> you're far superior to, to most anything that's going on right now. You know, the same yeah, thing. It's very, it's very true because I think what happens is if you, if you don't know, if you don't know what came before, then how do you, how do you go beyond? How, right. how do you, how do you, how do you not, just keep repeating yourself and repeating what's already out there and it it becomes uh it becomes boring and it's not challenging to just do the same things over and over again and just to create snapshots of what's in front of your camera there's no challenge on that so no no yeah and you know krista that 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 word challenge is kind of a common it's a theme for you running through a lot of your stuff. And there was a, there was a quote that I also picked up, which says that you have no interest in making easy images, but prefer the challenge of finding and thinking about compositions that are surprising and unexpected. Yes. What what um, is it about the challenge? This this is true. Uh, I, I guess I can be, I can get bored quite quickly with repetition. So if, if I start to feel that my own work is getting too repetitive, um, I, I will try to, you know, I'll try to um, evolve new ideas or just new approaches to doing things and uh, see it differently. And so I guess the short answer would be 
it gets boring really quickly when it, it's just it's if it's too easy it's it's boring it's not challenging it's not as satisfying mm-hmm. so. chris i read your bio and you know we don't have to go into all the details but it looks like i mean you've you've had a very and you're still a a, a young lady and it seems that you've had a very you, you've had a lot of experiences in areas that have really nothing to do with photography meaning in nursing and ICUs and and all the other stuff and I think you know those experiences are very reflective in your work because I think you've seen a lot of good things and you've seen a lot of really not good things. If I'm, am I reading into this too much? Uh, well, no, you're, you're not reading into it. I mean, that, that just comes with the traits and, uh, and I was nine years in the military. So of course that took me to, uh, many, um, interesting places and there are just things to see that, I mean, you can't even, no one could relate. No one could relate to those experiences. It would be impossible. Right. Um, yeah, and and just it, it comes with the trade. Yeah, I mean, and being in a medical profession, I mean, it's uh, it's life and death every day. So I mean, that that's just something that you 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 learn how to make critical decisions. You sometimes make really good decisions, and sometimes you make. Uh, you, you have no, there are no choices and you have to make bad decisions, you know, and, you know, and you have to wear that guilt for a, a, quite a long time because you, you didn't, you know, you, it couldn't be any other way. You had no choice. So, so all these experiences, you, to, uh, you think they really reflect in, in, in your art today? Uh, definitely. I think it's, um, it's changed my approach to how I do things for sure. And uh, I think, like you said, you you bring all of your life experiences into your art. I, I think it just happens. Like, I think it must be, some of it is intuition and some of it is just things that you need to express. You need to articulate those things. They bubble up every so often and it comes out into a composition, you know, and sometimes they're joyful things and things that are, you know, I can be very passionate about. So, and sometimes they're um, not. And sometimes they are definitely not. But but there's beauty and darkness too, isn't there? So, there sure is. Yeah. And you know, your work is very um, it's very personal, and that kind of those kind of experiences don't transmit to the person who. And I guarantee you, this morning at sunrise, there was probably one to two hundred people. Uh, maybe not 200, but 100 people at Mesa Arch trying to make that same image this morning. And I guarantee you, very, there's very, very few personal experiences being transmitted into that photograph. That might be a you know pretty picture. And that, that's funny because, you know, when I think about going to uh, famous locations, I, I have no interest in going to places where there's even one other person. So... Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I will find places that don't have people. So yeah, well, John, it, it, I just find it. I find we're it. We're going to be at Olympic National Park in two weeks, and 
you know, other than, I mean, there's only a few beaches there that we can access and there'll be some people there. But other than that, John, am I right? We go to places where they're, you know, other than the hoe there, you know, we, we have locations that other people don't take people to. And we do that. Avoid the crowds. Right. Avoid people in general. Hey, Crystal, let let me, let me just kind of get back to the kind of the, the, the thought processes and then the, the intuitive way with which you approach your work. And, you know, we were, we were talking before the show and you had, uh, you had, uh, kind of mentioned some experiences of trying to teach others and, and really needing to step back and, and appreciate where other people are, how other people are coming to the table and seeing the world around you. How do you, what, what kind of advice would you give people who are, I guess more stuck in that stuck in their head. Um, you know, a lot of photographers are very technology oriented and your work comes more from the heart and less from the head. And, and both are good. Don't get me wrong, but, but yours is very much a, a, an internal creative process and less a, less a cerebral process. And, how do you, what kind of advice would you give to people who want to shoot more from the heart and less from the head? Uh, I would say that you, you need to know more about yourself, learn about yourself, and you need to know what your interests are and to bring those into your photography somehow. So, you know, what, what your desires are, what your thoughts are, and, and like, how do you, how do you reflect that? And for me, I think it's it's been intuitive, but I think for some people it's not because when they go out into nature, they're not used to perhaps looking so keenly around them at what's going on and noticing everything that's around them. Have you ever heard of like, you know, when you go outside and you just stop and you close your eyes and you listen and you, you mentally make a sound map you know, you can you have everything you can hear. Well, I mean, you can do that, but you also do it with your eyes. You do it, well, I mean, I taste things too because, I mean, whenever I'm out, I'm always picking something to eat. Um, you know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> that's just an example. But, you know, you're bringing your experience with all your five senses into your photography. But I think for some people that's a little bit foreign, and it's foreign maybe because, they haven't looked quite as deeply perhaps when they're out. They're just seeing what's obvious right in front of them. And I think you can go beyond that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've, which, which is sort of near and dear to my heart. I've been really passionate in the last few years about going beyond the subject and, and looking past the subject at, at other things in the world around me, you know, pattern shapes, texture, colors, um, and it's really, it's really, uh, you know, we may photograph a subject like a rock or a tree or, or something, but it's all the other things around that subject too, that are so critical in, in, uh, in an image. Um, well, there's two major issues. There's one is not seeing what's around you yeah. and not being a, you know, not, not visualizing your surroundings. And you do that, of course, by slowing down. And maybe going out and not caring whether you make a photograph or not, just get out. The other thing is, is that I think people and 
maybe not people who do this for a living, and there are a few, I guess, but people go out trying to want to take a photograph so that everybody tells them how great they are. And look, boy, you did, you really nailed that one. Boy, that's the best shot of uh, El Capitan I've ever seen in the last two minutes. You know, it's a great thing. And I think those two factors can are, are huge road, roadblocks. Huge roadblocks to being halfway creative. If, you, if you're doing those two things, you're, you have no hope. Well, I think, I think something else that people often forget or they just don't want to bother, like, why not see what's in your own backyard? Like, what's, you know, there, there are images to be found everywhere. You know, you yes. don't have to, you don't have to jump on a plane and go to Iceland. Um, you don't know how many people come to where we live and... and, and <laughs> And they'll look at John, and they'll look at me, and they'll go, "Man!" And you're from like I don't know, but you know Nashville, okay? And they'll go, "Man, you guys are so lucky. You're right here, and you get out of the car, and it's right in front of you." And I tell them, I said, "Man, drive around ten miles from your house. There's stuff to do, man. You just get out and go for a ride. Don't, don't even take the camera with you. Just go for a ride. You know, and there's stuff to do. You're so correct, Krista." Well, I mean, you know, I, I have been known <laughs> just a couple of days ago, I, I, I took a picture with my phone, but I, I didn't have my camera with me. And, you know, it was um, it, it was no stretch of the imagination of being a, an original image or anything, but there was a, a disposable face mask <laughs> in in this dirt parking lot. And, you know, I just, the way it was, the light was amazing. The textures, uh, half dirt, and on this mask, and and I, and I was just thinking, you know, what a you know, <laughs> what a great image that is. You know, I'll, I'll never share it. You know, I might process it off my phone or whatever, but um, I won't share it. And but it was an image I made in a parking lot. I mean, you can make fantastic images there. So well, you just that, never know. Yeah, I think that also speaks too, Krista, to not being constrained by labels or by um, subjects. You know, I'm a I'm a landscape photographer. I'm a nature photographer, and um, no, just being an artist, you're looking for creativity and and creative stories anywhere, anytime. You know, a, a mask in a dirt parking lot, right? That's not something that a nature photographer would be known for. But, but you're as an artist, you just see these things as art, regardless of the yeah. subject. And and I think part of me, when I saw that mask in the parking lot, I mean, I know many people have taken images like that. You know, uh, street photographer, you know, to sort of commemorate uh, COVID. But for me, I think. <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, you know, I haven't taken a picture of a mask yet <laughs> after two years. <laughs> I think I'll take one. I'll make one right here. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. There, there you have it. Yeah. That's great. Well, so, Krista, let me ask, um, just because we're, we're nearing the end of our program here, um, is there anything that you would like to let our viewers know about that you're doing? Any, any books, workshops, um, prints, um, I'm uh, I'm sort of in a little bit of a, a slow um, a slow process right now. So no, I don't have any books uh, on the go. 
just my website. Um, I'm actually on a break from social media at the moment, but uh, I could be returning in the next few weeks or so. Every so often, I just um, breaks are necessary. So yes, uh, cleanse the palate. Yeah, and then you go back and you're more inspired and willing to engage with everyone. So it's good. Yep, agreed. Well, folks, definitely go out and visit her website, kristamakush.com. Um, I'll put show notes up on our website as well. And, uh, Jack, anything anything else before we I would just tell out? everybody to fly up to Nova Scotia tomorrow. Hmm. About 3,000 of you. And Crystal will run a 3,000-person workshop. and. <laughs> Take you to all the iconic shots in Nova Scotia and just spray. Uh, them. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll take them. Uh, I'll take everyone to Peggy's Cove. Yeah, right. there you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah, Krista, thank you so much. And uh, again, you know, if if you're on uh, if you're on if you're number one on guys' radar, uh, I, I'm 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 you know. I, when he told me, I said, "Okay, I got to look at this." And then when I looked at it, I said, "Well, I said he's," I said, "Damn him, he's right again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was right. Yeah, again. I don't know what to say to that, but um. <laughs> well, you, okay. you're too modest. But thank you so much for being here, and uh, you know, if we ever do get this creative uh, thing going, it, the the problem, folks. I know you heard us talk about. It, we can't get three or four people at the same place at the same time because everybody's out trying to make a living, which is okay. I get that, but we're trying and you never know. It may, uh, may happen one of these days. So mm-hmm. thank you, Krista. It's a pleasure having you and, um, and, 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 and meeting a new friend. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was uh, really nice to talk with you guys. You bet. All right, folks, we'll have a great day and stay tuned for the next episode. And please, please, please go out and give Krista some love. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody.